Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big 3 account in the universe, Big 3 News, back with another edition of The Fourth Man. Hope everyone's having a solid weekend, a solid week. Got a good episode coming up for you today. We're kind of just going to catch you up on some things going around the league and some Big 3 stuff here. But first and foremost, my guy, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You know, uh, we had a big episode last week. Very big. And, you know, huge guests. Michael Cooper coming on. I mean, we sort of talked about it a little bit afterwards, but that was such like that hit me like a ton of bricks, like talking to Michael Cooper, talking about, you know, uh, LeBron James and being, you know, guarding Larry Bird and just playing all that stuff. It really was just like that really hit me, man. I, I don't know why, but that was really just a, a bit of like a hallelujah moment for me. And I was like, I can't believe I'm getting the opportunity to do this. Uh so yeah, that that was really cool. And then we have an awesome interview this week as well. We're really yeah. creating a bit of a snowball <laughs> effect here. So I'm really excited. Yeah, same here. It was a very surreal moment. Like you said, we were talking about seeing the Larry O'Brien trophy in the background, just so casually just having mm-hmm. that candid conversation. And, and what a genuine person that Coach Cooper is. It was really cool just to hear his his past that like what he's done in the past and what he plans to do, like moving forward, how he got started in the big three and everything. And you're right. We have another good guest here, and hopefully that trend continues to trend upwards as, as we get closer to the Big Three season. Want to catch you guys up on some Big Three stuff, just in case you missed out. I don't think we've gone over on the episode just yet. But before we do that, if you want to follow the show on any of our socials or follow Big Three News, it's at Big Three News at Fourth Man Pod at A underscore Siggy. If you want to watch the show on YouTube, it's YouTube.com/slash Fourth Man Pod. And for everyone tuning in on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel, appreciate you guys every Saturday. And if you're new, listening for the first time, looking to get in some big three action, this is the time to do it. I feel like we've been saying that for the past three weeks. But guys, seriously, there has been so much news just stirring up around the big three community. And it's coming. It's going to come quick. I just have a feeling once some things like scheduling gets gets formatted and, and structured, everything else is going to follow right behind that. So perfect sure. time to be listening here. And let's catch everyone up on, on what's going around just just the league and guys who have been in the league uh, as recently as last year. We've heard some confirmations of some people coming back. Most recently, we'll start with Steven Jackson, who before all the COVID stuff hit and, and they said they were postponing the season, he was actually – it actually came out and said that Stack was going to be the coach of Trilogy and then Zebo was going to be the captain, bringing back James White and David Hawkins. Steven Jackson went on his Instagram and reaffirmed that he will be back, put all his energy into being coach of Trilogy and making sure he gets a big three champion, big three championship, excuse me. He's won one at the high school level, overseas level, NBA level, and he wants to make sure that he gets one of the big three level as well. Um, that was good news, Will, just to hear him say that and, you know, hashtag big three is back because I think we could hear a lot more of that uh, from other players as we continue to move forward toward the summer. For sure. And I absolutely appreciate Steven Jackson attempting to start a trend of just saying like, all right, like we're back and these are mm-hmm. our guys, you know, trilogy, uh, trilogy to me was really starting like making a very strong case for, you know, 
absolutely like title contenders. You know, I, I think they were a pretty, I don't even want to say a solid draft, but probably, you know, as long as they didn't screw up the draft and they were able to get, you know, mm-hmm. some form of contribution from those picks, you know, I think they were probably one of the better teams heading into the season. So I'm really excited to see that Hawkins, White, and Zebos back. In my opinion, those are probably the three best captains. You know, Dave, David White is a defensive player of the year candidate. He won defensive player of the year once, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, he could absolutely – yeah, so that's absolutely something that he could do again. David Hawkins was an MVP candidate runner-up in 2018, and I really expect him to sort of have a repeat performance. He's, he's always a bucket. He's been good the last few years. And Zach Randolph is, you know, is probably one of the more exciting names that we've gotten. <laughs> so mm. I'm just super excited to see him. I was watching – it's funny. I was I was watching uh, old Grizzlies highlights just because I just absolutely love those <laughs> those uh, David Wager teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just watching Zach Randolph in those play, playoffs against the Warriors and the Spurs and even like against the Thunder, I was like, wow, this guy's game is going to translate so nicely to – the big three, because not only because people think, right. Like Zach Randolph is obviously one of the incredible post player, but he, he was more of like also had a, excuse me, let me rephrase that. He had more of an outside game than I think people give him credit for. I mean, he stretched it out. Yeah. That's what I mean. He wasn't just, you know, bodying people and just going in and just moving guys around, which he was absolutely doing that when he needed to. But he was also, mm-hmm. you know, falling back, leaning back, hitting fadeaway shots, you know, on one leg, falling down. And that's going to translate incredibly, especially when he doesn't have to move up and down the court. He can just stay in the paint. I This is going to be such a fun team to watch, and I'm so excited. I think Trilogy is making a very strong argument that they are probably going to be – they might be the first team to win two championships in the Big Three, or at least appear in two. You know, you don't want to take anything away from triplets. A triplets team with Joe Johnson, which we'll get into – is still they have to be your title favorites. They still would be number one on my power rankings heading into everything. But I mean that trilogy team is going to be scary. <laughs> yeah, and I think what I like the most, or I should say, Zebo would probably like the most, is the fact that he's probably not going to have to worry about the double as much, you know, coming. So he's just <laughs> going to be able to when he wants to be back to the basket, when he wants to take a fallaway shot, he's not going to have to worry about someone coming that he's not seeing and having to kick it out last second. So. I think that was the biggest thing for me is like Zebo made the announcement and then obviously things didn't, you know, they trickled how they did, but I was like, Oh, is, you know, was Zebo just kind of like considering that? And now that there's going to be like a, a little gap, like, is he going to come back? But it seems like uh, just knowing the type of person stack is, he looks like a really good communicator uh, yes. based off his social media. And I have to assume here that he's probably had the conversation with all those guys. I mean, it looks like James White and David Hawkins are like, yeah, we're in. But Zebo is not a really mm-hmm. big social media guy. So no. I have to assume he's had the conversation already with Zach Randolph and been like, you coming in? He's like, I guess he said yes. So <laughs> doesn't <laughs> it seem like, like something you'd put on social media yeah, exactly. without Zach Randolph, you know, getting confirmation that he's right. That, be that's back. the best way to put it there. So mm-hmm. it looks like Trilogy is going to have their captains and their coach. Like you said, all they need to do is make sure they get the draft remotely right. And Just they're going to be a good Don't hand. get three busts, basically. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Know? <laughs> don't get three guys that are, like, not going not gonna to pan out there. Mm. Uh, I think something else that we saw that was interesting is that we've been talking about killer threes in their open, open captain spot because of stack. Dazivo was going there initially. Uh, we did. We know that's not the case. So now we got Don, Dante Green. We got the rest of the team there, right? So we got Dante Green, Frank Nitty. Josh Powell, 
CJ Watson and Eddie Curry, I'm assuming will all come back if Stack's not there. They're just looking for their captain. Dante Green came out and said on your post after you said who should be the captain for Killer Threes, he came out and said championship or bust. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's a pretty big statement to be making, especially like so early on. It, like he's, I have to imagine he's been thinking that since like the end of the championship. When well, I'll tell you what, you know, the way the big three is constructed, Killer Threes, the runner up, you may be in the worst position in the off season. You think so? Well, just think of it like this, right? So let's say if you're a team that let's say three-headed monsters, right? Uh-huh. Or even like uh power. You make the playoffs, you know, okay, we have the core good enough to make the playoffs, but we couldn't make it far enough. So we got to go out and get, you know, another person. And we're going to have the opportunity to do that in the draft. Killer threes, you know, we already showed that they are a they are good enough to make it to the championship, but they're still not better than triplets. And with Zach Randolph, I still don't think that they're better than Trilogy, you know, just right. without, without losing stack, especially. So if you're killer threes, you're basically like, okay, we've sort of hit our ceiling, mm-hmm. you know, unless like stack leaves or a captain leaves or something, we really have to hit on this draft pick, this one draft pick that okay. we get in like the second round. You're right. Cause right. then otherwise it's the same team coming back that didn't win it again. Now, absolutely. You get the advantage of, they're all playing together. They're familiar with each other, but we're coming back from a pandemic season, mm-hmm. you know? So it's been a while since these guys have played together. No doubt. But here's where I want to step in and say, I hope that someone takes advantage of this when they feel it's necessary. And that's the fact that killer three doesn't have to retain everybody if they don't want to. They've, they said last year that you can actually say, okay, we don't want you on the team this year. And, and like, they can just like you just put them back in the draft pool and actually pick in the second round if you want to another player that's in that draft pool. So for instance, like the co-captains are Frank Nitty and Josh Powell, right? Yeah. And let's say they're uh, they're kind of running the draft there. So their first pick was uh Josh Powell, I guess. So I'm not sure exactly how that works out, but their second pick was Dante Green in the second right. round. Yeah, Killer Threes is off season. You know what I mean? Credit yeah, to you was so, a mess. It's just <laughs> a everywhere. Mess. So I have no idea how you structure <laughs> I don't know how that. that works. The big yeah. three needs to look into the killer threes and be like, okay, <laughs> how can we refrain from this not happening again? Because <laughs> this is messy. Yeah. But let's say that Dante Green, because he was sec- selected in the second round, um, that they are like, okay, hey, Dante, we really liked what you brought to the table last year, but there's some guys in this draft that we like or that we're cool with or whatever. So we're going to, um, we're not going to retain your rights and we're going to, mark you as a free agent so they could yeah. actually pick in the second round if they felt like that and then have us pick in the second round in the third round now that being said i'm pretty sure that their pick falls all the way to the end i don't know if they're doing the lottery thing again i don't know i, know I hope that, not i hope they don't either but i know that three's company's last pick i think was like like the last pick of yeah. the, the third round so I don't know if anyone even knows about that rule. I don't even know if anyone would take advantage of that rule, but I'd be interested I don't think to they see know, to be honest with you. if anyone would do that just because, uh, yeah, like you said, if you feel like you're tapped out at your ceiling, why wouldn't you make those adjustments? Why wouldn't you be like, all right, we appreciate everything. We want the chemistry, but at the same time, like there's a lot more people in this draft because so many more people know about the big three. Let's go get somebody. Well, it's because I think, I think it's easier said than done because I think the NBA has – inflated itself so much where you know, the only comparison this is the nba really where yeah 
you know, we've seen teams have to make that tough business decision, but it's mm-hmm. always like, you know, the, the front office and the general manager. And then we've seen, you know, relationships get hurt. Like we've seen, you know, most recently with, you know, Isaiah Thomas in Boston, you know, they yeah. were like, listen, we have the chance to get Kyrie and you know, your fan favorite. We all love you here, but you're moving on. And, but with the big three, this is such a player led thing. You know, that, those are people that you're sharing a locker room with, traveling with, hanging out with on the weekends. I think it's harder to be like, hey, listen, we were 20 <laughs> yeah. points away from winning the championship or, you know, whatever they were, probably less. But, you know, we've decided, you know, we're going to gamble. We, we think that the gamble of getting, of having the opportunity to maybe select somebody different is better than just guaranteeing having you on the team. I Especially if you're unfamiliar with the rules. Yeah. Because see, then you're like, I don't want to let this guy walk. And then let's say like, I I get like a third round pick when I thought I was getting a first or like, you know, whatever. Well, I would say in that scenario, like you definitely want to walk into the situation, understanding the rule book there. Yeah. But you have to understand too, like where, where this differs is that the big three is going into year four, mm-hmm. right? So people like, and we've seen the influx of talent that's come from year one to two to three to four already. So where it differs is that that pool is already ex- is only expanding. Right. You know, those captain slots are only getting scarce where some people aren't like not everyone's going to get to be a captain. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I, I think it's more about like what's the pool going to look like. And that's where I'd probably make my decision. And Dante Green was a hypothetical because I'm not getting rid of him. Like I just as no, good as no, he was, you, can't, I, you can't get rid of Dante no, Green. I'm as closer good as he was. I'm closer to naming Dante Green as captain. Yeah, hundred percent. Than I am, than I am cutting Dante Green. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Like I'm not letting him go. He was no. arguably the best player on their team last year. And and he's only looked better when we've seen him in the TBT and yeah. the five tournament. He looked like the best player on their TBT team yeah. too. So, you know, I, I wouldn't get rid of Dante Green by any means. I'm just I'm just interested to see you know if there's like some different tricks that like teams will try to take in order. Yeah, I to, don't like, know to, to get that leverage because you have to think like. Triplets won it all, and we know their leverage. Their leverage, Joe. Yeah. But then you got Trilogy, who's like, all right, so we got to come in here and and kind of like level the playing field a little bit. So we add Zevo to already two great captains. So it's like I don't know where you go with your options. Like obviously, we talk about the guys we speculate about. Obviously, the pool is going to expand. Who knows? We might just have some crazy dude try out who's never played college college right. basketball or like only played at the high school level and just so happens to be really good. Yeah. Uh, we don't know. But we don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I just find it very intriguing that that their championship or bust because it sounds like for at least the both of us, both of us, we agree here that they don't look like they're ready to run it back, just like with the other teams. Don't it's early, I know, but at the moment, it doesn't look like they'd be ready to run it back. I mean, if I'm being honest with you, you know, Steven Jackson was by far like their best player. Yeah. Like it was Steven Jackson was carrying the load, especially on the offensive end. And then I it agree. was just, uh-huh. you know, who's going to step up and be that number two. So it was really, it was really Steven Jackson. And then Killer Threes probably had the best supporting cast Yeah, around, you know, Steven Jackson. Yeah. Cause so they had like alternating to... number twos, you know, every mm-hmm. week. So you you have you have to go out and get a replacement to Steven Jackson as this team is currently constructed. Unless Frank Nitty or Dante Green is going to step up and be a top five scorer, and which they might be, but I don't know. I, I think the safer bet is you got to go out and you got to get somebody like a, I don't know, I I don't even know. 
we could play the name game, but I, I don't know who you get. Just somebody who's going to just be your Steven Jackson replacement, Steven Jackson 2.0. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, maybe they can, maybe they convince somebody like Michael Beasley who's feels like everyone's tugging and pulling at him. And maybe, right. he's like, yeah. maybe I just want my own team. So <laughs> maybe that's, we'll that's true too. That, I mean, that is a big thing because we talk about Michael Beasley joining this team or that team. But if Michael Beasley is like, listen, I want a captain spot, you know, but I don't know, but it's also who's recruiting him. Right. So yeah, let's say, so if you're Dante green and you're Frank Nitty and you're recruiting a captain, is that captain going to turn around and be like, I've decided I'll take the draft pick Dante. <laughs> take care. You know, probably not. <laughs> How funny would that be? It's like, appreciate you guys uh, vouching for me to be captain. Dante, I don't think we're going to work out, though. I just don't think I want you on my team. I, honestly, all you guys, I don't think any of you yeah. are good. Sorry, guys. I think uh, I think we're good. I think we're good here. <laughs> yeah, I know. You just call, boys, you just, like, call it in the back. <laughs> I mean, oh. if, listen, if that happens, and that to me is then the easiest thing. If I'm Dante or anybody, then I call uh, Stack. Oh, I yeah. just join like, Trilogy. Here, yeah, let, me, <laughs> let me just go ahead and join Trilogy. Yeah, let's yeah. make this the, the current Brooklyn Nets team of the big Yeah, exactly. Show. We'll see how it goes. Okay, quick last update here. Joe Johnson was recently on the All of the Smoke pod. I want to say like maybe a couple episodes ago. About a week ago. Maybe about a week ago then. (laughs) About a week ago. Okay. (laughs) Perfect timing and everything. I'm ruining it by talking about it. But uh, Joe Johnson was on the All of the Smoke podcast. And usually when they have a big three guy on there, Stack always alludes to something about the big three. They talk about competing competing against each other in the championship. But the biggest takeaway here is that Joe, for the second time, has now confirmed that he is looking to get back to the big three. That's his, yeah. the, the first league he's planning to play with as soon as they figure out their scheduling and announce that they are officially officially back. Um, that's huge. I think just to get the another sense of confirmation from the face of the league is, is big time. Because, one, I got to think the big three has had some sort of communication with him, like, that's the first person I'm probably talking to in, in terms of of the comeback season. But two, I think it's more of just like I'm glad that Joe had such a good time. Obviously, winning a championship help, helps, but I'm glad that he enjoyed the league so much that he's, one, able to talk about it on a positive level in public, like from a public out setting. But two, also just be like just be willing, so willing to like return and say, like, hey, I'm in this. Yeah. I'm in this league and I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he has a sense of, he talked about it on the TBT podcast, he has a sense of like that he owes, you know, the Pargos and the Gibson something on that team and, and yeah. Al Jefferson and Lisa Leslie. And because I think, I think they sort of see it as like, all right, like it's, it's now our opportunity to defend the crown. Mm-hmm. And I think Joe knows how much he means to that team. Yeah. So I think. I think he knows he's like, I got to be there for those guys. So it's going to be very exciting. You know, I think it was really cool conversation they were having at just stack and Joe Johnson about playing the big three championship and just what it meant and how cool it was to see all the celebrities there. And stack was basically like, you know, yeah, I'll be coaching. And Joe Johnson was like, if they have it, I'll be back. Yeah. So, you know, know, I'm just assuming they've talked, but well, we know that a lot of the players don't really know a lot like up to this point. I'm just, I guess I'm just bracing for the best here, but no, I mean, listen, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how Joe Johnson 
what what that communication is like. I mean, I'm assuming that if they're sliding into Michael Beasley's DMs, yeah, that's what that's I'm assuming that they had they have some sort of information, right? So just like anything else, Joe Johnson might just be, you know, casually being like, yeah, well, listen, nothing's a given, you know. So if it happens, it happens. But you know, I don't yeah. know. we don't know all the information, so I don't want to dissect every little word that he says. But I, I think I I mean at this point, I'm fairly confident that the assumption is that it's going to happen and Joe Johnson will be there. Which teams have we talked about the most since 2019, September of 2019 up to now? Give me three. Probably triplets. Definitely one. Who are the other two though? Power. Oh, power. Okay. And then probably... I'm gonna. I, I would probably, probably say bivouac. Like, oh, okay. You think it's a little bit different than mine? I guess I'm thinking you got to think from like the whole two years. Hmm. I know triplets for sure. Triplets is definitely number one. I was gonna say enemies. I think enemies is one we've talked about a lot. We've talked a lot about enemies, and I was gonna say recently. trilogy too, because Zebo was really the the biggest splash alert before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just. Not, nothing following that question. I'm just thinking it's pretty crazy. Like I feel like we talk about this like the same teams almost all the time, but it's good to hear that you've you've said like bivouac and and, and named another team. I was going to say who are the teams you think we don't talk about? Oh, that's 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 what I was really thinking about. The teams <laughs> that we haven't heard any noise from. Um, Tri-State, we don't ever talk Tri-State, about. Tri-State, we never Aliens, talk about. Tri-State, we never touch on. Nope. And Ballhawks. <laughs> yeah. Ballhawks, really. Ballhawks, Aliens, Tri-State. Tri-State. I'm glad you – I'm interested you said Tri-State because I don't know if I would have said that answer, but you're 100% correct. Tri-State, I feel That's like – That's how much we don't talk about Tri-State. I, I didn't even think they about really Tri-State when you said that. They do move in silence. <laughs> I want – I feel like Tri-State is the team – I feel like they're going to be the next team that makes its first playoff appearance. They just need a couple pieces here and there. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I think it's so crazy we don't talk about them, but they just – the guys they have their, on their teams have so many other endeavors, and they just, you know, like I said, move in silence. Anyways, just rambling here. That is interesting, right? Yeah. So assuming that every team has, like, let's say, like a group chat, even like the captains, mm-hmm. the tri-state, that's a, the tri-state group chat has to be very interesting. If it's Nate Stoudemire. Dr. J. Dr. J. And then maybe Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah. Maybe. We don't know. It might, it might be. I don't know. Like, do we see Jermaine coming back? I have no idea, dude. Can we? Can we? Can somebody, whoever's listening to this, shoot him a DM and just ask him if we all, if everyone listens to this and hears this, everyone just ask Jermaine O'Neal if he's coming back. Oh yeah, him. definitely. That won't piss him off. <laughs> we'll get our answer eventually if we have enough right, people ask. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, for sure. Then again, we don't have Instagram. enough people on Tri-State pissed at us. I was gonna say, well, I was gonna say Instagram <laughs> does a pretty good job of, of making sure the people that they don't follow don't see your DM. So I'm assuming yeah. that most people listening are probably not being followed by Jermaine. So we'll see how they we'll see how everything turns out. The good thing is it looks like trilogy captains and coach are coming back. It looks like triplets is back. Yep. So it looks like we got two or three teams that are like, you know, looking to run it back with the same captains or familiar players, which is the best part. So Continue to update you guys. Wanted to give you an update, a quick update on those three teams. Before we jump into today's interview on the back half of this, and it's going to be with one of the 
greatest college scorers of all time from South Dakota. Wow. State. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Real casual. Well, I mean, I mentioned it to him as well on the podcast, but one of the greatest college scorers of all time, one of 10 players to have to score 3000 points in their career. Uh, we're going to, we just interviewed Mike Dom and we had a great conversation. We talked about his college career, his time in the TBT. I maybe got a little too salesy at one point and pitched him on the big three, but I really do feel like he's fit in the big three. would be so great. Oh, he'd be incredible, bro. And that's why I was so excited about it. Obviously on the other end, it might be a little bit awkward and, and more of like, you know, he seems like a really humble person. So it's probably like a little bit of an awkward, like, Oh, don't, don't pitch me so much on, I like the idea, but uh, you know, we'll see. I got to finish out this season as well. But anyways, got a great interview with Mike Dom. Appreciate everyone who's tuned into the first half. Please make sure to subscribe, uh, you know, follow, leave feedback on all of our platforms, whether you're listening or watching to the show. We greatly appreciate it as always. And for all your big three updates, make sure you're checking out big three news and you can also check out the fourth man page as well. We appreciate everyone. And let's get to the interview with Mike Dom. Okay, today we have one of the top scorers from college basketball. He played at South Dakota State and played in the TBT last year as a member of House of Pain. Mike Dom joins the show. Appreciate you joining, and how's everything going for you over there? Hey, man, appreciate you having me on. Uh, everything's going fantastic. That's awesome. Well, I want to start here because you are overseas, and it seems like times are a little bit different, obviously, but especially playing overseas and I'm sure traveling and everything. So how is life playing overseas and what have been the big adjustments? Yeah, you know, playing overseas has been, uh, it's been a fantastic experience. Obviously it's so much different from college, um, coming from, you know, everything that goes on there to playing professionally and now it's a business. Um, so you're making money. And the good thing is, you know, good Lord, you know, good Lord willing, I'm, I'm doing what I love and, and making money doing it. But the biggest adjustments I would say is definitely, you know, one, uh, playing in a foreign country, there is still kind of a, a little bit of a culture shock. And two, just the style of play. Obviously, you're playing with with grown men, you know, guys who are, you know, 30, 30 years old and playing at the top of their game. So for me coming out of college, I definitely feel like I had good experience, you know, sticking sticking out, you know, all, all five years of college for me, I feel like really helped my body and to prepare for the professional level. And then you know, where I'm at now, uh, the travel is very similar to college, you know, everything like that. And I, I mean, the biggest difference now is just with all this COVID stuff, we don't have fans, but, right. but basketball wise, everything is, is pretty similar. Man, that's crazy. Cause I feel like the, the teams over in Europe are usually have like the best fans. Like that's what everyone raves about. It seems like when they play overseas. The so. Fans, yeah. So last year for the first half of the season, when I was over here, the fans are crazy. They're crazy. Wild. It's <laughs> awesome. It's so fantastic. And it's a, it, it has been a bummer since, since COVID hit that, uh, you know, we just haven't had that support from our fans. I know everyone, mm -hmm. everyone is watching us from their home and cheering us on, but Man, it's awesome when, when we can get the fans going and, and hopefully hopefully soon they can get back uh, into the arenas with us. For sure, for sure. Well, I feel like I'd be doing you a disservice if we didn't talk about and reflect on your, your college basketball career there. One of I think you were the 10th player ever to score 3,000 points in your college career. I feel like you're highly undervalued. I mean, just what, what you were able to do at the college level and just the, the production you put up in five years and having that experience. But Let's start from the beginning. How did you get to South Dakota State in the first place? Because it seems like kind of a, a, a random school there. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, for, for me, you know, I'm from a, a small town in, in Western Nebraska called Kimball. It's a town of she's 2,200 people, I think is all. Um, hmm. So, so not very big. Uh, the, the closest AAU team was in Fort Collins, Colorado. So I had to travel across the borders just to, just to play for like an AAU team. That was, that was good. And that was the, that was kind of the start for me is, joining that AAU team was kind of my eye-opening experience to, I can play basketball from here. I can, I can continue on and, and play basketball in college, which, which is what I wanted to do. And, and, you know, I was able to, you know, be recruited by teams through the AAU process, play good in some of these big tournaments in Las Vegas, Indianapolis, um, which led to, you know, offers from South Dakota state. And I, I think I had, 10 division one offers is all and all small mid-major schools. Okay. Um, I think the biggest school that offered me was, was university of Wyoming. Um, but from that point on, yeah, no, I mean, it was going into senior year. I, I took one recruiting trip and that was to South Dakota state. And I fell in love with it. The moment I got there, I could just tell that the chemistry the guys had, I saw how successful they were at the mid-major level and, and winning the summer league tournament and 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 making it to march madness which was obviously a, a dream yeah. of mine since i was a little kid so i saw that south dakota state had the best opportunity of that and i committed on that recruiting trip and and ever since then the the rest was kind of history i i got to school there and worked my butt off and it was a, a fantastic experience okay okay so you you commit on the recruitment trip but i gotta i gotta imagine that the only thing enticing about south dakota state is probably south dakota state right like the basketball like what is there to do uh like within that city or is it pretty geared toward college athletics yeah man it was it was it was definitely it was definitely different um you know it's very very cold in brooking south dakota you know the, <laughs> the closest like city you have is four hours away with minneapolis um minnesota and and uh we, we had to create a lot of our own fun, um, you know, during, <laughs> during our time at South Dakota State. But, yeah, no, I mean, every, everyone loved athletics so much there, and it was awesome because, obviously, the fans would go crazy for us. Um, yeah. But the good thing is I lived at my apartment and I lived in the gym, and that's mm -hmm. pretty much the only things I needed at the time. And, obviously, having my PlayStation helped. Yeah. But, uh, you know, during, during that time, uh, South Dakota State, I mean, it was awesome. You know, I – I look back and I, I think of, of all the things that, you know, I try to remember from going to school and I, I barely remember ever, you know, being freezing cold or walking to class. I only remember all the good times I had with my teammates and, and hanging out with, uh, you know, all my friends outside of basketball too. So the, the memories were fantastic there. We definitely created our own fun, but you know, it's, that's just what college is. It's having fun yeah. and, and enjoying the time. Yeah, no doubt. I went, I mean, I went to a small school, a mid-major school, and I feel like, our best times too. We're just making our own fun. Well, cause I'm from the South, you know, so any snow day, we'd always make Epic and just, <laughs> just, I, I just know how that, I just know that feeling of a small college town where everything is kind of like focused in on, on, you know, what's going on with the school, but it, it, the experience is really good. I feel like for a lot of people that go to big schools, they miss out on that more than they realize. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you, you mentioned your, your, your time to, I'm sorry. You mentioned your uh, time playing in the NCAA tournament there. You were the 16th seed playing Gonzaga there. Uh, at that time, and especially in that first half, I thought you guys were going to be the first 16th seed to win it all, which I'm sure was the motivation to go in there. Um, I remember 
remember, I remember that game. Yeah, geez, I remember that game like it was yesterday. I just remember, you know, <laughs> you're only down by one or two points at halftime. And and I was that was obviously all that was on my mind. I'm thinking to myself, we're gonna be the first 16 seed to to be the number one seed. And uh, yeah. I think I just know that we kind of ran out of gas. We kind of ran out of gas there at the end of the game, but I know that our guys, our guys fought it. And that year, especially obviously having an, a new head coach that year, new guys mm-hmm. that year, it was a, it was just a, a fantastic experience and just a very special that we that we made the tournament that year. That team that you played, I mean, Gonzaga went to the finals that year. They were yeah. they were pretty stacked. I mean, they had a couple of big guys. One guy who went top ten, uh, and Zach Collins, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yep. Zach, Jake, Jake Lehman went, or no, 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 Jake Lehman was before. I was thinking, I was thinking of, I was thinking of uh, my first year, but uh, oh, no, okay. Zach and then Nigel Williams. Oh yeah, um, Nigel Williams, Goss, uh, Karnowski, or yeah, Karnow. Really? I don't, I don't remember what happened to Karnowski. I just remember <laughs> he was one of the biggest dudes I ever played against in my college career. That's all they talked about on TV, and then once he graduated, just I haven't heard from him since. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a that was a crazy, crazy fun game. How would you describe your experience at South Dakota State, just like in one word, if you could? Um, just, I mean, overall experience, basketball and school included or whatever. Yeah, everything. I would say, man, the biggest word would just be, I don't know, very, I would say fulfilling, very fulfilling. You know, for, for me, I got to experience the college life. I got to experience basketball. I got to experience the fans. I got to experience going to class, the grind, the hustle of just being a, a college athlete. But at the end of the day, um, I just, it was, I was, a, it was a very fulfilling college, you know, college experience for me. And I feel like I, I got a great, you know, mix of everything that went on in college. And, and I was just super pleased with the school that I, that I picked. Yeah, for sure. So, so you're a pro now, you've been playing in Spain for a little bit, but then you also tested out the waters in the TBT, playing with House of Pain and the Illinois guys. How'd you find out about the TBT first off? Yeah, you know, I mean, I remember, I remember the TBT back when I was young in college, um, mm-hmm. even. I remember just seeing things about it, not knowing much about it at all. I knew that there was a couple, you know, a couple bigger name guys that would play in the TBT back in the day. And uh, I never knew much about it. I just knew it was this basketball tournament took place in the summer and there was always a big cash prize. And I always thought to myself, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> the concept of it, the concept of it is, is, is very cool. Um, and, you know, it was something that I didn't really know if I would ever play in or something that I would participate in in the future. But uh, I got on originally, I was going to play with a, a team out of Iowa. They were kind of the first team. Oh, yeah, really- yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the Iowa first, United team, right? Yep, yep. Okay. They're like the first team that reached out to me after my college career and was like, hey, you know, just kind of throwing this out there if you'd be if you wanted to play in this summer summer tournament. Um, and I was like, I was like, yeah, like let's do it. Like this seems like a, a great opportunity to just play some live basketball yeah. in the summer is the biggest thing that I was thinking about. And then and then obviously with all the COVID stuff that happened, they had to shrink the tournament or shrink the tournament down the number of teams down. And that's when my, uh, my buddy, Michael Tulip reached out for house of pain and told me that they, okay. they made the final, like final 24 team cut that they were going to do. And Iowa United was fantastic. They were super, super great at telling us, you know, like, hey, listen, we didn't make the final cut, but like, we'll help you try to find other teams if you want to play in it. Oh, that's cool. Um, so yeah, I, I got connected with my boy, Mike Tulip and, 
you know, I didn't really know what to expect. I knew COVID was happening. And, you know, from that point, you know, before there was no real live sports going on. And Mm -hmm. I think that the TBT was kind of the first live sports that people could watch on, you know, television in four or five months, something like that. So it was, it was an awesome experience, but yeah, I got in with those guys. And then the, the, the whole experience of TBT in Columbus and being in that bubble for that, for that week, um, you know, that we were there was, was absolutely amazing. Yeah. The TBT was kind of the reigniter for sports at that time. It gave like people kind of that sense of hope that, Oh, we might get sports back to some capacity. What was it like playing with, with the guys from Illinois? I mean, did you know a lot of the guys going in or was it kind of the chemistry reforming on the fly? Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a chemistry we were forming on the fly. I knew a couple of the guys, uh, Mike Finke and uh, man, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you played with so many people. Yeah, like Mike, Mike Finke, I knew I played against Mike Finke a couple times in college, and then uh, I can't think of the other guy I knew, but I knew a couple of them going into it. So okay. I had a good I had a good rapport with with a couple of those dudes, and then you know it really was we met in the bubble the rest of the guys and we kind of just formed this bond and and it was awesome because we really just we were a group of guys that had nothing to lose we weren't mm-hmm. like you know we weren't expected to win it we weren't expected to to really make any noise and then for us to go out and and get a couple of get a couple of big wins was uh was absolutely fantastic and uh no, it was, it was, it was a great time playing with those guys. And now, you know, those guys I, I stay in touch with, you know, on a monthly basis, oh, that's cool. saying what's up just because, you know, that, that bond we formed in such a short amount of time. And then to be able to go out and play so well together was uh was something special for sure. Yeah. And you guys upset Carmen's crew, which is crazy. Cause like they had so much chemistry, you know, they just came off winning the whole tournament and for being like the first one in like four years, which is yeah. wild. I mean, you balled out in that game. So super cool that the experience was, was dope for you and you know speaking of the tbt i feel like you know this is a big three podcast and there's like this weird friendly rivalry i want to say between like the big three and the tbt and like which (laughs) like (laughs) which league you should play in like we've had multiple players on from the tbt and and the big three and i feel like there's almost a sense of loyalty that that people have made now like people have been like yeah i'd play in the tbt but if the big three comes back i gotta play there first and you know, yeah. yeah, I've been with this team for like three or four years in the TBT. But uh, first off, I want to say appreciate you for showing us a little love on our big three plea. That's something that we've been trying out, um, you know, within 2020. But when you saw that uh, and you, you know, heard about the big three, was there anything like enticing about the big three that maybe opened your eyes a little bit more like in the 21 summer? I mean, I, I definitely I've heard of the big three before. I remember I remember watching it. I mean, just because it's so it's so interesting. It's such a unique, um, you know, perspective to play basketball half court and the four point line and mm-hmm. and just it's a different version. And, and then obviously you guys, the big threes had some some big names that have come through and, and played in it, which is a, obviously another very cool thing. So for me, I, I, I did. I looked at it. I looked into it. And I mean, it's it's definitely it's so unique. Um, it's so unique, uh, that, you know, it's something different, just like the TBT, it's something different than traditional basketball that's being played. So, I mean, it definitely, it definitely entices me going, going forward because, you know, obviously the biggest thing for me is, you know, just finding different ways to play basketball in, in, in my off time or kind of, you know, when season's not going on or finding just different ways to get better, especially when you have, you know, such high level name guys in the, in the big three too, you know, any chance I could get to learn from guys like that or to, you know, just play basketball at a, at a high level is, is something that's very enticing to me always. 
Well, let me ask you this. Or, I mean, I know you've been playing overseas a little bit, and obviously, like, everyone's big goal, I think, as a college athlete, especially playing basketball, is, like, to make it to the pros. But is your intention to, to be in the NBA at some point throughout your career, or are you just kind of, like, rolling with the punches and, and playing and, and trying to get better every day? Yeah, no, good Lord willing, that's, it's been my dream since I was five years old was to play in the okay. NBA. Um, so I would definitely say everything that I do is is geared towards trying to make an NBA debut, um, mm -hmm. you know, for one day. But at the same time, um, you know, I'm realistic about where I'm at and and what's going on around me. So I, I just try to take it day by day, enjoy enjoy everything that's going on around me. And, you know, I know that at the end of the day, if I, if I work hard, you know, just – kind of go with the flow that uh it's gonna work out it's gonna mm -hmm. work out and, for sure. and i'm for sure it's gonna be happy with you know whether it is in the nba I, I make it or whether i don't uh at the end of the day to just just play pro basketball and 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 enjoy what i'm doing is, is really just a blessing yeah that's a good mindset to have well i ask that because i feel like everything that you're able to do at least from a, a offensive standpoint and you know uh, just what you're able to, like to bring to the table. Like, I feel like the big three and I, here's like me making my pitch, but if it does come back, I feel like you'd fit in there so well because one, you know, you're playing with a lot of former NBA vets and, and maybe current NBA vets in there uh, Two, you get a chance to showcase what you can do offensively on a big stage playing on CBS and CBS sports on the weekend when typically there's not a lot going on, but it's like in between the NBA finals and the NFL season start. But three, like, I feel like the biggest thing for everybody to stick in the NBA uh, comes from, like, the defensive side, you know? And in and, and a game of three-on-three, three, it's not so much, like, team defense. It gives you a chance to, like, hone your skills one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you're back to the basket and just going, like, straight up with somebody. So, and plus, you know, you get paid playing in the big three. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, that's that's how we, like, I say that because that's how we saw when we made the plea. Like, we, we come up with these ideas and we're like – He'd be a great fit. You, you know, he had such an illustrious college career. Um, just what you're able to do, I feel like that's undervalued a lot. Yeah, no, and, and and definitely you made you made great points. And like I said, yeah, I think I think ever since college, it's always kind of just been this thing that stuck with me. Is all like his defense is what needs to be improved the most, and and that is definitely I feel like that's me going out every game is what I try to prove the most is that I'm improving defensively and mm -hmm. and I'm to a level where you know I can guard I can guard these guys that are bigger than me, smaller than me. And I definitely think that, like you know, like you said, I I was telling I was talking to my girlfriend earlier because she was wondering about the big three, but. Just in, in the, in oh, the yeah? sense, it is, it is three on three, and it is just a lot of ISO one on one. And if you're a good defender, then it's going to show. If if you're good offensively, it's going to show. And I feel like those are just two things that you know I can I can do both on the offensive and defensive end is is definitely just improve my game. And I think that it definitely would would help out you know improving you know where I'm at defensively wise and being able to guard some some bigger guys. Yeah, definitely, and I think that you know I, while there's a lot of connections within the tbt having some of those guys um you know especially someone like joe who was most recently in the nba last year uh, just having those connections would you know be worthwhile uh moving forward uh, you know not to like talk about i'm sure your focus within season and everything and what you guys got going on in spain but like have you thought about your 20 like what you're going to do 2021 summer or is it just 
more so like in the moment in the season where you're at. Yeah, if you yeah, if you want me to be honest, I yeah. I haven't put too much thought into it. I'm you know uh, with the whole TBT too. I yeah, I that's what I was. Teams talking to me, and I always <laughs> tell them like, listen, like you got to let it get a little bit closer before I before I tell you anything because yeah, you know, like I said, I I do try to just enjoy and and focus on where I'm at at the exact moment and. Some of my decisions might come a little later, but that's just because I feel like I, I really like to, you know, just kind of go all in with where I'm at at the time. Yeah, um, but yeah I, I haven't thought much about it. Um, you know, I'm definitely just trying to, you know, stay healthy and get through this, get through the season over here. And then once I get back to the States, I feel like I'll have a little bit of free time to kind of sit down and figure out what I want to do. Yeah, for sure. I think you should definitely like be able to weigh your options until the season starts. Uh, last thing I want to end on here what is kind of the plan or what's kind of the goal within the current season you're in? What do you hope to gain out? Like, what do you hope to gain the most out of like within this experience? Yeah. You know, playing overseas is, it's been a, a fantastic experience. I feel like the biggest thing is, is, you know, just seeing all the, you know, different forms of basketball that are played, um, you know, over here, it's crazy the amount of time and preparation that goes into defensive things and, and these key switches and things like that. And, and for me, um, I just try to be, you know, a sponge wherever I go. I want to absorb as much basketball knowledge as I can. And it's been awesome because I get to see a different style of basketball than I played in college or than I watched in the NBA. And I get to come over here and experience, you know, the, the form of Spanish basketball. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's high paced. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of defense and there's a lot of schemes and, and different things that go into preparing for games over here. But yeah, I mean, for me um, at the end of the day, it's just playing hard and focusing on, you know, what I can control and, and trying to help my team, you know, as much as I possibly can. Um, and then, you know, win games and uh, just finish out the season as strong as possible. And then at that point, it's just kind of, you know, see what see what happens at the end of the season. Hopefully we've hopefully we've made a, a push, maybe try to make a playoff spot in the ACB over here. But, you know, whatever happens, yeah. happens. I just know that, you know, for me, it's trying to just, you know, absorb as much as I possibly can learn as much as I can from, you know, these veteran players who have been playing professional for, you know, 10, 12 years. Um, it's it's awesome. Man, yeah, that sounds awesome. And, you know, best of luck to you moving forward the rest of the season. Uh, stay healthy and excited to see, you know, what you plan on doing for the summer there. I know you got a lot of options there, but I'm glad that people are finally like valuing you like you should, you know, like I said, from within like my own circle, I feel like we talk about, you know, like the potential and like how much more you should be valued. So I'm glad that, you know, the people from the TBT and the big three are at least respecting that. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate the, I appreciate the shout outs on social media and no, I definitely, it's, it's a fun time. It's a fun time. For sure. Well, best of luck, stay healthy and, uh, Maybe we can do this again sometime. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, guys. That was our interview with Mike Dom, one of the greatest college scorers of all time. If you are a college basketball fan, you know who Mike Dom is. It, to me, is just utterly insane that that man isn't playing in the NBA or for somebody's organization right now. But, you know, if the big three or this whole journey that we're on, all these people we've talked to has one thing in due time, these guys are going to get the right opportunities. And, you know, if it's through the big three, that would be awesome. I'd absolutely love to see him. And I think he would bring in a whole new crowd of people. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, other than that, that I believe that's going to wrap it up for us today. So we appreciate everybody who's listening. Before we go, I just want to give a shout out to the Man to Man uh, podcast, Man to Man show for having us yes. on. 
they are our, they are part of our Dash Nothing But Net family, so we appreciate them. If you guys would like to you know, learn a little bit more about the big three and how we got started, you know, please check out the episode that we were just on with them. But other than that, we thank you guys, everybody listening on Dash, everybody who's picking this up on your preferred podcast network, and everybody who's watching us on YouTube. Appreciate all you guys. Please make sure to like, comment, leave your feedback, all that fun stuff so that we can keep on delivering this content to you guys and you know keep on improving keep on getting better so thank you guys appreciate it we'll see you guys next week thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.